Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Colossians chapter 3. Look at this. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing this. Look what he says. He says, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things what? Oh, come on. Set your things on the, uh, set your eyes, set your, okay, I'm all over the place. Set your hearts on what? Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. One more time. Not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. How good is that? Set your minds on the things above. Out of those two passages we read, 3 John and out of Colossians, as we're finishing the series today, I want to share a message with you over the next 20, 25 minutes. I want to talk to you for a little bit. And today, if you're taking down notes, I want you to take down some notes, find a phone or a notebook somewhere. I've titled it, In the End. In the End. In the End. And I pray that today's message, I pray that today's talk will help you as we close out the series and look forward to everything that God's going to do, that we would have healthy souls. Amen? Come on, let's close our eyes, bow our head, and ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for this church, this community. I thank you, God, that we can come together and have an amazing time. Thank you for all those in this auditorium. Thank you for the ones in Overflow. Thank you for the ones listening on the radio and those that are part of our online community watching online right now. God, I pray that you would bless us, God, as we just want to know more about you, God. We want to get close to you. We want our souls to be healthy. Thank you that you care about our souls, God. Thank you that you care that we would be healthy on the inside. God, I pray that right now you begin to heal people's hearts, lives. God, I believe that there's some people in here this morning that walked in probably confused, lost, disoriented with everything that's happened in their life. But I believe that today there's grace. I believe that there's direction. I believe that there's love. There's mercy always in the house of God. And I believe that today some people are going to find purpose, destiny, and most importantly, a relationship with you, God. Thank you for this city of Miami. Thank you for the city that we live in. We live in the best city in the world, Miami. Hashtag, we live where they vacation. In Jesus' name, all God's people say. Amen. Oh, come on, all God's people say. Amen. Overflow, you better shout as well. Come on, give God a big shout of praise, 11 a.m. In the end, anybody, anybody here, movie lovers, like you love movies, love movies. Let me see, love movies. Lewis, I know, always at the theater every day, every night. Anybody love movies, love movies. I'm not a big movie guy. Me and Diana, we were going on almost eight years of marriage now, and uh, both of us, uh, thank God, we're not big movie lovers. We're not, anybody like that? You don't, you're not a big movie lover. Okay, I guess it's just me and Diana, a few of us. <laughs> A few of us. We're not, we're not into movies. Like, I'm not the type to go to a movie theater and, and watch a movie. Like, I, it's cool. I'll watch them every once in a while, but, but I'm not a big movie guy. Neither is Diana. But every once in a while, we'll, we'll come across a movie that we like. And uh, so it, it takes a lot to watch one movie. Now, you know it's got to be good if we decide to watch it a second time. Anybody like that? You watch a movie maybe two times? Anybody like that? How about three times? Okay, I heard somebody say they saw a movie seven times. Seven times. Anybody? A few people, Gerald, you, for real? Wow. I, I can't. I can hardly watch it once. So, okay, maybe seven times. So I was watching this movie again. We were watching this movie again. Now, this is one of those movies that had a lot of suspense 
It was a thriller, and uh, you, you always wait to the last second to see what's going to happen at the end. It was one of those movies, and I forgot when we, it was, but we were just like excited, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen at the end? You know what I noticed? The second time watching it, I was just as excited and nervous about what was going to happen in the movie. I caught myself toward the end of the movie right when I was like about to have a heart attack, and I couldn't breathe, and I was like, wait a minute. And I was like, wait a minute. You've seen this movie before. Have you ever caught yourself like, I know how the movie ends. Why are you losing your mind about it? You know what happens. You know the good guy is going to win and everything's going to be all right. You've seen this movie before. And I'm just like, aren't we all like that sometimes? I mean, we go, we go, I'm watching this movie a second time and I know it's going to end. One of the things I like to do, and I don't even know why I like to do it. It's like I torture myself. I, I, I watch these videos of stuntmen who ride bicycles on buildings about 60 floors. Have you seen this? About 60, 60 floors up in the air. They're riding their bicycles on the edge of the building. Has anybody ever seen these? Or or some hang off of buildings with no harnesses, no anything. And, and I love watching these videos, and I'm watching them. But ask, ask Diana, but if I'm watching these things, I can't even look at the screen. I'm, I'm looking at it with one eye closed. I'm having a heart attack, and I, put, I have to put my feet on the ground to know that I'm on the ground and I'm not up on that building. Some of these videos I've seen two or three times, and I know they're not going to fall off the building. They're just riding a bike. They're going to be okay. But every single time, it's like, I can't. I got a problem with heights. I respect heights. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of heights. I just respect them. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I ain't afraid of heights. Don't try me. I ain't afraid of heights. I just respect them. Mad respect. But, but, but I watch the videos over and over again. I'm just like, oh, oh, but I know they're not going to fall. The other day, again, the same thing happened. I'm watching ESPN. Anybody love ESPN? All the men one time. Wives hate it. Men love it. But Sports Center, best show on the planet. Um, we're watching this thing, and I love, I love basketball. Any basketball fans here? Basketball. I'm a basketball fan. I love it. I think the NBA is the best sport on the planet, the best league on the planet. I'm watching it, and, and they're, giving, they're giving a countdown of the top 10 threes in NBA history. All these guys who shot threes. And I think it made number two or number one was uh, Ray Allen of the Miami Heat a few years ago. How many of you remember when we were in that series... I knew this was a godly church. There's a lot of Heat fans here. Come on, we're in the right place. It looked like the Spurs were about to win the championship, and they were already bringing out the yellow tape. I think there was like 15 seconds left in the game, and all of a sudden, Chris Bosh got to get the rebounds. He, he passes it over to Ray Allen. How many remember that three? Come on, we'll never forget that three. I think I hit the roof of how high I jumped, and I was just losing my mind. We went on to game seven, ended up becoming NBA champions. It was amazing. While they're giving a repetition of this play, I'm in my chair, like, thinking, I hope he makes it. I'm like, wait a minute. This was three years ago. Alex, was wrong with you? Of course, he's going to make it. This is just a repetition. They're showing the entire, the last two minutes of the game, they're showing it, and I'm in my seat, like, oh, my gosh. Are we going to win or not? Oh, my God, I hope he makes it. Who's going to get the rebound? I already know the play. I've seen it before, but I forgot how it ended, or I lost sight of how it ended. You know what I think, church? In the same way, how many of us lose sight of what's at the end of our lives if we we are believers in Jesus Christ. Oh, I think it's so easy to lose sight of what God has for us at the end of our life. It's so easy to get caught up with what's happening around us that we forget that God saved us, not just for the here and now, but also for the then and there, that he has a place prepared for us called heaven. Come on, is anybody thanking God for what he has prepared for us? So we're looking around like, oh my goodness, life is hard, life is difficult, I'm up against all these situations, and what we forget is that God saved us not just for here, he is going to use us here, we do have a purpose here, but he saved us to give us an eternal destination. 
Oh, come on, how many of us walked into a place like this maybe a few months ago, a few years ago, maybe many years ago, and we were lost, confused, without direction, and we had no idea what life was going to bring, and we were facing all kinds of uncertainties, and, and we were sick and tired of being sick and tired, and all of a sudden we heard the gospel, we heard about Jesus. Come on, many of us, we walked into a place like this, and there was one moment in our life where we said, wait a minute, life is more than what I'm going through. There's a Savior called Jesus who was perfect, who came in through a supernatural birth, Mary, who came into this earth, who was sinless for 33 years, and at the end of 33 years, he laid down his life for humanity. Come on, is anybody thankful for Jesus that grabbed your sin, my sin, and paid for it on the cross and we gave our lives to Jesus and we decided you know what I'm gonna follow Jesus for the rest of my life I have decided to follow Jesus and we made decisions and we knew that life was was much bigger than what we were up against at that moment there was times in my life where I was so in love with Jesus right where you're just like it doesn't matter anything else in this world doesn't matter I got my eyes focused on Jesus why do we lose our sight why, why do we change our sight from what God has done in our life and where we're headed with him and, and we start to look around us and what's next to us, what's up against us? Because it's so easy to be confronted with what's right in front of us right now. So, some of us in here right now, we're, we're facing some tough times. Maybe you walked in and, and you're, you're going through a difficult time in your marriage. Maybe you, you walked in and, and you're going through a tough time in your job with your kids or I don't know what's be going on in your life, but, but it's so easy to get caught up. You're saying, Alex, I'm up against the storm. Alex, I'm up against something difficult and I have no idea what to do. And we lose perspective about what the end of our life is going to look like and we're caught up with the here and now. But can I tell you that Jesus told us in the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but somebody, somebody shout, take heart. But take heart, I have overcome the world. He says, oh, you will come against trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. You're going to come up against some difficult things in the here and now, but don't forget about the then and there. Can I tell somebody today, don't let the here and now block the then and there. Well, our lives are not just made for the temporary. We were made for the eternal. Okay, yeah, I'm going to repeat that. You weren't just made for the temporary. You were made for the eternal. All of us, we've been talking about our souls. This is a soul series. We've been talking about inside out. And all of us have a soul. In fact, one of the things that we said for the past five weeks is that we are not a body with a soul. We are a soul. We're a soul with a body. So all of us in here, we have our soul. What is our soul? Well, the Bible says that our soul basically describes it as everything that is within us, uh, where our mind, our will, and our emotions are. You have a soul. I have a soul. We all have a soul. The outside is not really who you are. We all have an outside shell. We all have an exterior, but that's really not who you are. I mean, I mean, you see people here, we all got, you know, some nice shirts on, some clothes on, and, and you look nice. Look, look, look at Phil with his jacket. He looks looking nice, looking sharp, and Lewis is looking nice with his pink and blue shirt. I love it. I like it. A jersey with ripped jeans. We need to buy him some new ones. <laughs> but how many know that the exterior is not really who we are? Who we are is really who we are on the inside, our interior. You can decorate the outside as much as you want. You can CrossFit 100 times a day, and you can go to Orange Theory 100 times a day, and you can eat as healthy as you want. The exterior is going to be okay, but one day it is going to deteriorate, and it is going to break apart. Isn't it crazy? A hundred years from now, none of us are going to be here. Whoa. Some people just like, wait, wait, what are you talking about? Wait, you just got it. A hundred years from now, maybe none of us are going to be in here. None of us are going to be in here. Life is but a vapor. So we got to think with the end in mind. 
Our body's going to deteriorate. Some of us are already looking at our body like, oh, why is it falling apart? It's sagging. I need help. I need some spanks. I need, I need, I need some help. I need some lifts here and there. <laughs> help me, Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? Because um, our body wasn't meant to live forever, but our soul and our spirit is going to live forever. The Bible says he's put eternity in the heart of men. We have eternity on the inside. We are going to live forever. And the question is, why do we get caught up with the temporary when we're made of eternal things? Uh, the temporary is going to pass, but we are eternal beings. You, whether you believe it or not, you have a spirit and a soul, and you will live forever somewhere. So what's happening in our soul? That's what we started talking about. What's happening in our soul? Maybe you walked in here today and you're saying, Alex, my soul, it is just vexed. It is stressed out. It is full of anxiety. I can't see past today because I have all these things against me. Can I tell you today, all I want you to do is lift up your head, open up your eyes a little bit. The Bible says that God is a lifter of heads and put your eyes on eternal things with an eternal perspective. Because guess what? Most of us in this room, we've read our Bible and all the way at the end, guess what? God always wins. He already won. The victory's already ours. If you live with the end in mind, come on, somebody know that we win in the end. If you know that we win, can you give God a big shout of praise? Come on. The book is not to be continued. God wins at the end. And so here we're reading now another book called Colossians that was written by the Apostle Paul, one of the disciples of Jesus who became an evangelist and started planting churches everywhere. And he's writing to a church that started in a city called Colossae. And it's a very small church that had just begun. And what happens is a lot of false teachers had started visiting the church and had started lying to them and had started telling them that Jesus wasn't the greatest, that Jesus really wasn't the son of God. And they were, they were hashtag haters. And they were all just talking about Jesus. And, and people started to get confused. And they're like, okay, I'm going to turn away from Jesus and I'm going to go to these other teachings. And Paul says, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait one second. Paul is, is sitting in prison when he hears about what's happening in this church. And he says, let me write to this church. I love this church. I love the people there. Let me remind them of who Jesus is. If you've never read the book of Colossians, can, can I tell you, I want you to go home and read it. It is a short book, but, but it is probably the most Christ-centric book that Paul wrote. He is saying Christ is preeminent. He is supreme. He reigns over all. He talks about the magnitude and the glory of Jesus above mankind. There is no other name like the name of Jesus, the firstborn of all creation. And he begins to glorify Jesus. I mean, you read Colossians and you're like, whoa. Whoa, Jesus is, I mean, the best. He is amazing. He was reminding them, hey, listen, what you are hearing, the temporary, what you're seeing, it does not compare with the glory of Jesus eternally. And he's writing this from a prison. This is, this is a, a person writing down, not, not a prison like the ones that we got here that look like hotel rooms with AC and TVs. I'm talking about he was in a cave in a dungeon, probably shackled, shackled, probably hungry and cold, and he's talking about the glory of of Jesus. I mean, come on. So, some of us, we're, we're facing some tough times and, and we forget about the glory of Jesus and it doesn't compare with what Paul was facing. Paul, Paul even had no idea what was going to happen the next day. Sometimes he would see the executioner sometimes and say, is it my day tomorrow? I don't know if, my, I don't know if my life is going to end here. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but guess what? I know who holds tomorrow. He didn't let his present situation take away his sight from the eternal position that he has. I wonder how your soul is. I wonder what's going on, on the inside of your soul. Are you, are you so consumed with the condition and, the, and the, the, the temporary situation that you're in that you forget about what God has for you in the end? 
in the end, I want you to know we already have the victory. As we're finishing this series, I want to give you three quick things. Three quick things that I think can help us. We've been talking about a lot of things that will help our soul. We talked about rest. We talked about restriction. We talked about stilling the noise. We talked about being still before God. And as we finish up this series, I think one of the important things that we can do is write this down. Our position will always be greater than our condition. Our position will always be greater than our condition. Paul did not look at his temporary condition and let that determine who he was. He's writing in Colossians chapter 3. He says, hey, you are now in Christ and our life is hidden in him. I want you to know that when we become believers of Jesus, we are no longer just living on this earth. Our life is now in Jesus. Paul is really big on our position. That's why I love grace because grace is position over performance. A lot of us, we think that Christianity is all about how I can do better and I must act better and I must behave better. And God must not love me because I didn't pray for two hours and I'm upset. Like our relationship with God is not about performance. It's about position that in Jesus, we are now in Christ accepted and righteous before the Father. So I want you to know, maybe you've had a hard week. Maybe you've struggled this week and you're thinking like, oh, God must hate me. God must be mad at me. I want you to tell, tell you that if you're a believer in Jesus, you are in Christ and his righteousness was imputed on you. So you are in Christ. Basically what Paul is saying is this. Maybe temporarily you're in pain. But I want to tell you, eternally you're in Christ. Maybe temporarily you're in debt. But I want to tell you, eternally you're in Christ. Maybe temporarily you're confused. Eternally you're in Christ. Maybe temporarily you're hurting. Eternally you're in Christ. Maybe temporarily you can't see beyond today, but eternally you are in Christ. Don't let the temporary outweigh the eternal. Know your position and know that it is greater than your condition. Come on, is this helping somebody? I, I, I was reading this, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. That no matter what I may be facing, it does not change my, condition, my position in Christ. It doesn't matter what I'm up against. It doesn't matter what I'm thinking. I may be confused and lost. Wait a minute. I am in Christ. Nothing changes that. I'm in Christ. He says your future basically is wrapped up in him. How many times is our soul, our soul full of anxiety, full of stress? Some of us, we, we can't even sleep at night. Some of us are just like up at 1, 2, 3 a.m. Some of us are going crazy because of our marriage or our kids or our job. And, and we're saying, I just can't. I can't. I don't know. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Wait a minute, if you are in Christ, your future is secure in him. My soul can rest because I need to remember that I'm in Christ. That means my past, my present, and my future. My past, my present, and my future. Alex, but you don't know my past. Alex, I've done some things in my past. I think all of us who are honest today, we, we've all messed up in our past one way or another. Maybe people have cheated. Maybe people have lied to us. Maybe people have abused us in one way or another, and and a lot of times what happens in our soul and in our life is that we carry this thing around for the rest of our life. It's very hard to live eternally minded when you're constantly looking backwards. It's very hard to live with an eternal perspective when you're always looking back at what has happened in your life. Don't let your past determine your future. Maybe you walked in here today and... And you're saying, Alex, but, but somebody wronged me, somebody, somebody cheated me, somebody did this to me, and, and I'm upset. Somebody left me a long time ago. Somebody did this to me. And I think if we carry that around in our soul, it only makes our soul bitter. It makes our soul angry, and it makes our soul smaller. And God wants us to live with a healthy soul. 
Maybe some of us today, what we need to do is forgive and let go some hurts of the past. Yeah, I don't know where you're at watching online in the overflow in this auditorium. Maybe you need to forgive somebody today and, and say, you know what, I'm going to let that go and hand that over to God. Can't carry that around because I'm living with the end in mind that eternally I'm with, with Jesus. Eternally I'm in Christ and the past does not affect my future. You know, I, I love Italy. Anybody here love Italy? I love Italian food. Anybody in here love Italian food? Some of us a little bit too much, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I love, I've always loved Italian culture, Italian music. Uh, maybe it was watching The Godfather too much or something, but I, I'm just like, at, point, at times I play around with that and I say, I'm, I think I'm half Italian. I just, I know, I know it. I'm half Italian. We got an Italian brother here, but I, I love it. I love it. I think I'm, I'm Italian. And so it was always a dream of mine to go to Italy. And I had seen a lot of pictures of Italy and, and I had always like pictured, man, that must be amazing to go to Italy. And if you grew up like me, you know what I'm talking about? Grow up broke? We can't go to Italy. So, so we dream about it. We look at pictures and, and all these things. And finally, after all these years, we, we were finally able to go to Italy last year, me and Diana. And one of the things I always wanted to see was uh, the statue of David made by Michelangelo. And I had always wanted to see that. I love art, love statues. And, and I was like, man, that, that, and they say it's amazing. And in pictures, it looks one way. And uh, I wonder how it is in person. And I'll never forget walking into the academia and, and turning a corner and seeing the, the statue of David down the hall. I think it's 17 feet tall. And as I got closer to it, it's almost like it, it takes your breath away. I can't even describe it. But seeing it in person is just absolutely amazing. And finally, you get up close to the statue of David and you realize the detail of what this artist did with this piece of marble and how it became this amazing statue that has lasted almost centuries now down the road. There's still people coming to see it. And I realized perspective is a great gift from God. A lot of us, we're up against something strong. And we think it's going to kill us and we think we're never going to make it. But when you end up on the other side, you say, wait a minute, it gives me a better perspective of something. Maybe we've forgotten about what happens in the end. But the more we get in our word, the closer we get to Jesus, we now have a greater perspective of my Savior, of the salvation that he gave me. The beauty of Christ surpasses the condition that we're facing. Some of us, we need a better perspective of our Savior over our situation. Uh, let's see Jesus in his magnitude. Let's see Jesus in his glory. Let's see Jesus that he outweighs the things of this world. That the things of this world, I will suffer and I may go through some hard times. But my salvation is greater and it does not compare to the eternal weight of glory. What are you up against that you're saying, man, this is difficult. Let's get some perspective. Say, I'm going to get closer to Jesus as close as I can. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to start worshiping my Savior, and I'm going to realize that he's so much greater than what I'm up against temporarily. Yeah. Not putting down whatever you're facing temporarily. Some of us have been through some difficult things in our life. So, some of us are, are right now in the middle of it. Right now, you're up against something difficult, and you have no idea how you're going to make it. You know how your soul can stay healthy? With a good perspective of Jesus. With a good perspective that in the end, it's going to work out. That in the end, he works out all things for the good of those who love him. I wonder if you're living with the end in mind. Are we living with the end in mind, church? If we're living with the end in mind, then that means that today we need to make some better choices. Are we living with the end in mind? Are we living with an eternal perspective? What's going to happen at the end of our life? Right? Like when we're, we're, when we're about to go, nobody likes to think about this. And I'm sorry, but the end of your life. Right when you're, when, you, when you're saying, man, this is it, what are we going to think about? You know, the cars won't matter. The houses won't matter. 
The bank account won't matter. None of these things will matter. What's going to matter at the end? If we're living with the end in mind that our choices today, they must matter. That's why, number two, write this down. Our choices today will shape our tomorrow. Our choices today will shape our tomorrow. How, how do you want the end to be? That when you come to the end of your life, if you say, okay, I want my soul to be healthy, and these are the important things in my life, then the choices today are extremely important. The choices today will shape your tomorrow. One of the things that people are doing a lot now on Instagram, on social media, on Twitter, have you seen it? People use this hashtag, goals. Have you seen that? People write goals, goals. Like they see this couple that's been married 30, 40, 50 years, and they're like, oh, my God, so cute, goals. <laughs> they look at a picture with somebody with a nice house and picket fence, and they're like, oh, my God, that's amazing, goals. Like that, people write goals for everything. Like, oh, my God. It's amazing. A couple who just started going out, and this guy did a beautiful Valentine's Day. Oh, my God, I want a boyfriend like that. Oh, goals. <laughs> goals. <laughs> and I think goals are great. But if you only have goals, then it's pretty ineffective. Goals must come with some action in our life. And our choices are important of what we're doing today because they're going to determine if we reach those goals or not. Oh, I want a marriage that lasts 30, 40, 50 years. Well, are you acting like a good husband now that you can reach that marriage tomorrow? Oh, I want to build a bank account. I want my family to be well. And I want my family to be united. I want my son, my daughter. I want to be a good father. Well, what are the choices that we're doing today that's going to determine our tomorrow? We must live with the end in mind. I mean, you have goals, goals. That's great. But, but what are the choices that we're making right here and right now? Oh, I want to be a good husband. But if all I'm doing is running around and cheating and having affairs and talking to everybody coming around, I, can't, I, can't, I don't have goals then. I've, I've already determined the end with what I'm doing right now. What, what do you want? Your life? Paul had a picture of this. Paul, I mean, he just lived with the end in mind. And as he's getting to the end of his life, he says what's important in his life. He says, hey, this was important in my life. I've reached the end. Look at 2 Timothy. He's writing to what is like his student, another pastor, a young pastor. And he says, oh, I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, would award to me on that day. Not only me, but all those who have longed for his appearing. He says, I fought the good fight. Oh, I've ran my race, and, I, and I've kept the faith. Paul has some goals in his life, but, but he just didn't have goals. He actually made choices every day of his life. So when he reached the end, he says, oh, my choices of yesterday formed my today. I can look back in my life now and say, oh, I've kept the faith. I've ran the race. I've fought the good fight. And my choices are determining where I am today. And he says, I'm after an eternal crown, not a temporary crown. I wonder if we have healthy souls or are we just chasing around temporary crowns in our life? How many times have you and me, come on, we've all done this. We've chased temporary crowns. If I just get this money and this account and this career and this relationship and if my life just looks a certain way, then I'm going to be okay. We're chasing temporary crowns that only brings a little bit of more anxiety and stress on our souls. All those things are great, but God wants us to live healthy and big on the inside, church. Let's live with the end in mind. 
Let's live with the end in mind. Maybe you're saying, Alex, but, but, but not me. I can't. I can't. I've made some bad decisions. I've messed up. My life is upside down. If you only knew some of the mistakes I've made. I think all of us, if we're honest and transparent, we've made mistakes. We've all messed up. We, there's been days where we can't even get up out of our bed. There's been days where we just look back like, why did I do that? God, you must be mad at me. You must be upset at me. But can I tell you that one way that we can have a healthy soul is knowing and understanding that if God started to work in you, the Bible says, oh, that he will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul talks about this. Again, he says in the book of Philippians chapter 1, book of Philippians chapter 1, he says, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Come on, that's some good news right there. When you know that it doesn't matter what you're up against, it doesn't matter what your choices have been, it doesn't matter what you've done, there is a God who started a work in you. He's going to be faithful to complete it through the process of your life. Our soul can be healthy knowing this. That's why number three, write this down and we finish with this. Even when we don't understand, always trust the plan. Even when we have no idea what we're up against, even when we have no idea how this is all going to work out, we can say, wait a minute, there's a God who has a plan and a purpose. Even if today you walked in and you say, my soul, it is not well. Alex, I've made bad decisions. Alex, I'm all over the place. Alex, I know God started something in me, but, but I'm, I'm up and I'm down. I've lost my anchor. We talked about so much things for the soul, and you're saying, I'm just all over the place. I'm here to tell you that the God who started the work in you, oh, he's going to be faithful to complete it. God doesn't leave anything halfway done. Oh, come on. How many know that God finishes everything that he starts? Everything that he starts, he will complete it. God is not a liar and he's not a man to lie. Come on, the work that he started in you, you can have a healthy soul because you can trust in the God who's in control. You can have a healthy soul because you can trust in the God who completes everything in your life. You can have a healthy soul because your trust is in him, not in your power, not in our strength, not in our performance, but in our position in Christ. Our soul is at rest because it is in him let's have healthy souls I pray these past four or five weeks we've been able to look on the inside and we've been able to say okay wait a minute what good is it if I gain the whole world and lose my soul Jesus says are you tired are you worn out Jesus says are you are you weary are you burdened are you out of control, he says, come to me and I'll give your souls rest. Well, how can, how can he give my soul rest? Knowing that in the end, it's all going to work out. Are we going through something and losing our mind that later on we get some perspective and we said, why did, why did I argue about that? Why did I lose my mind about that? I have a God who's working it all out with a plan and with a purpose. With eyes closed and head bowed all across this auditorium. All across this auditorium, on the radio, if you're watching online, or if you're in the overflow, with heads bowed and eyes closed for privacy and concentration. If you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I hear you talking about this God. I hear you talking about this God who supposedly loves me and has plans and purposes for my life, but to be honest, I'm far from God. My life is, is pretty messed up. My life is... I've been following my own choices. I've been following my own decisions. And I'm involved in some things I shouldn't even be involved in. Some of you right here, right now, 
You can feel God talking to you. You know there's some changes you got to make in your life. And I think today's the day because God, he's more interested on you being healthy on the inside than on the outside. And maybe you've reached the point where a lot of people can look at you and say, I want to be like him. I want to be like her because it looks like on the outside you've achieved the pinnacle of success. But on the inside you're broken, you're lost. And you're asking for help. I think you're in the right place at the right time and I think you're listening to this for a reason and for a purpose because God loves you more than you could imagine. I believe it's no coincidence that you're listening to this today. God is in love with you. And maybe you're saying, Alex, but, but how? Look at the things that I'm involved in. Look at the, some of the things that I've done. Can I tell you, God doesn't care what you did last week, last month, last year. The beautiful thing about our God is that he knows them all and yet he's still in love with you. This is the love of God. The Bible says that we were, while we were still sinners, he sent his son Jesus to die for us. I believe there's people in this place today watching this, hearing this, that you need to make a decision to start a relationship with God. God loves you. And I believe that today is the beginning of the rest of your life. The Bible says that all of us are sinners and sin separates us from God. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We've all sinned. Nobody in here is perfect. Sin is missing the mark. We've missed the standard. We can't do it on our own. We failed in one way or another. and We've all failed. But the Bible says that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus, so that whosoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. Jesus came and lived a sinless life for 33 years, and at the end of his life, he laid down his life for you and for me. Your sin, my sin, all of our failures, all of our mistakes, all of our guilt, all of our shame, the ones that people know about and the ones that people have no idea about. He carried them on his shoulders, and the Bible says that he, he died on that cross. He gave up his life on that cross and then he went into the grave for three days and after three days in the grave Jesus conquered sin and death and he resurrected and he's alive today this is our savior this is who we believe in this is our faith and we believe that he gives us life and life more abundantly some of you in here you need to start a relationship with God I'm going to count to three in a moment and I believe hands are going to go up all over this auditorium in the overflow watching online people listening you're going to make decisions I want you to raise your hand as high and as long as you can when I count to three you're saying Alex I need a brand new beginning I'm a sinner I need forgiveness of my sins I need a brand new start today today I want a relationship with this God who wants a relationship with me if that's you at the count of three I want you to raise your hand all over this auditorium just raise it up as long as I can see you and then you put it right back down one two three raise your hand all over over this auditorium as high as you can as high as you can to my left I see you to my left God bless you 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 all in the middle God bless you God bless you God bless you I see 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 you to my right I see you God bless you God bless you I see you God bless 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 you in the overflow raise your hand if you're over there anybody else you just raise your hand you're saying I'm making a decision to follow Jesus amazing so many hands raised up everywhere. I'm going to say a simple prayer. All we're doing is talking to God. You can talk to God any place, anywhere. He's waiting for you to talk to him. I'm just going to make this first prayer simple for you to repeat after me. And all we're doing is putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. In fact, I want the whole church to repeat this with me, with everything that you've got. Say this out loud. We're all going to repeat it together. God is here, and I believe that today your life is about to start brand new. Say, Father. Come on, with everything you got here in the overflow. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. 
from today on I am forgiven I am saved and I will follow you all the days of my life in Jesus name amen and amen oh come on church in the auditorium in the overflow can you give God a big big hand we hope today's message has encouraged you don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.